0: It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Wednesday, January 18th, your daily dose of Flyers news analysis and high quality content that wants to be talking about a Kevin Hayes hat trick, but we got to talk about Ivan Provorov and skipping warm-ups.
1: So typical.
0: Oh, the Flyers. All right, let's get the show going. Your Locked On Flyers,
1: your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey, I am Rachel Donner. I am here with Russ Cohen, as always, on Locked On Flyers. And I'm on Twitter at @armiriam. He's on Twitter at Sportsology. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date with all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email the show at lockdownflyers at Gmail. We are going to talk about that Ducks game last night. We're going to get into some good points, some bad points, and the Ivan Provorov of it all. And then we will get to some mailbag questions today. Uh, The show is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. Subscribe, you'll get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network, plus we're over on YouTube. So subscribe there to see our smiling faces or grimacing in this case, because Russ, man, I am flustered. I don't know if you can tell that I'm flustered, but uh, I I am just absolutely flabbergasted at what happened with Ivan Provorov. So he doesn't go out there for warmups. People think he's scratched. He shows up on the roster for the game and he's out there on the bench and you know people were speculating as to what happened and you know rumors started swirling that he skipped warm-ups because it was the flyers pride night game and he did not want to wear the pride night jerseys for warmups that had a all it had was rainbow numbers and lettering and uh i gotta say it's it's extremely disappointing not only that he couldn't go out there for warm-ups or even like consider wearing a regular jersey and not wearing it if it was a deeply held religious belief uh, according to tourists uh it's just disappointing on his part it's disappointing on the organization's part that they didn't scratch him and uh, i'm not sure how you know the fan reaction to this is gonna be in terms of wanting him around. it's bad
1: it's already bad uh there's no there's no covering up for this it's it's not only disappointing like if you you know there's a lot of different things you could cite religious belief for in the world wearing this jersey is not one of them it's just not it's it's a positive thing it's about just inclusiveness it's about togetherness There, there is nothing that would ever stop somebody from wearing it because it's, you know, sends the wrong message or something like that. It's, it's ridiculous. And and I really don't like or approve of the way anything, any of this was handled.
0: No, and it flies against the, the stated values of the organization, not only in the organization and having a pride night and the kinds of, you know, promotional activities that they have around it, but their work a uh, year round and you know they've had some really positive steps forward i mean this team is far behind a lot of other teams in the league to be clear in terms of inclusivity but they've made you know strides in terms of creating an inclusive atmosphere in the building that you can get thrown out for saying homophobic slurs or racist
1: yeah slurs. On, the, on the broadcast they were doing a bit more yeah like I, you know it's been better the last since they first started and now and now this sets them back it really
0: does and the fact that they had to put out you know a statement saying we support the lgbtq community to try and head off the publicity that was going to happen like I, i just don't understand why from a business perspective you know, a, a higher up than John Tortorella wasn't involved in this decision whether or not to scratch him because that's you know failing in the workplace. for me business that everybody else, yeah, yeah, on on every other person on the team wore it. I mean, they've had a, a couple of players, Scott lawton and jbr to be specific, who've been extra active in in the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, and you know it, it lets down your teammates
1: yeah this is something the whole team is doing and this is something now that one guy didn't and again this is it's just the wrong time to pick religious beliefs like that's just that's just my problem with this
0: no i'm as upset as your cat is russ because it's absolutely inconceivable to me that he thinks he can do that. And and the fact that he got away with it,
1: it it makes it worse. It really does. It
0: makes it so much worse. Like what did what did the team think was going to happen here?
1: I'm not sure. And it really it's going to be worse the day after. Like the what's going to be written about it, what's going to be said about it, the groups that are going to be posting <clears throat> whatever they might say. Like this isn't going to just go away in a day this is, you know, this is a, a a stain, it's a bad mark. And I'm just, you know, upset about it.
0: Yeah. And again, especially after the team, I think has made slow, but steady progress on this front in terms of being more inclusive across the board. And, and I think that, um, you know, there's room here for him to have these religious beliefs that he feel strongly about and not cause a problem like this
1: why this year why now they've done this before this is not their first pride night
0: well no this is their it's not their first pride night but it's their first time where they've had pride themed jerseys um in the past they've had pride tape on their sticks and it was optional so he just didn't do it um and so that is the difference here but it's not like i mean other teams have like fully designed pride themed jerseys for warmups with this different logo and all this, this is literally just putting rainbows on the numbers. And
1: like, come on, dude. Like what if it was SpongeBob? Would he cite religious beliefs for that? Like, you know what I mean? Like,
0: I know it's just ridiculous. Like the whole thing is ridiculous. And the fact that the team doesn't know how to handle this from a PR perspective is a problem. But uh, you know, Kevin Kay's got a hat trick in this game, first of his career. Wish I could be celebrating that. Yeah, it would be nice more. if we
1: could really, you know, it was interesting because, you know, early on in the game, I think he was kind of being selfless again on the power play and the five on three looked bad. And then I think he was like, All right, I, I just have to shoot here because this is getting silly. And that really started something good for him on the evening. And yeah. Yeah, I'd like to really be able to fully embrace that. I'm still, you know, having a little trouble, but hey, I'm I'm happy. He did have a good night. The power play did not have a good night. I mean, they did score a goal, but it was not a good night for the power play. Um, that's a constant, I guess, in in this season. Uh, Sam Ursan did fine. You know, it, look, Stellars is a good goalie. Uh, the first period was a little worrisome though because they were pouring it on and they only had one goal, and that a lot of times that doesn't turn out well. So. This, right. know, this is a case where it did, and and that's good. You won one that you should have won, and coming off the Boston loss, you know, that's exactly. that's a positive.
0: It really is. And I think, you know, to continue the conversation about Kevin Hayes a, a little bit, one of the things that we've talked about is that third line being a little discombobulated, yeah. uh, you know, with Hayes and that Lawton centering uh, with Wade Allison. And they've really, I think, improved over the Mm -hmm. last several games. I I really think they've built a a little bit of chemistry. Scott Lawton is amazing at creating plays. Like he has, he has really just uh, such good vision. And, you know, so he set up the shorty to Ristolainen, which we'll get to. But, uh, and then he also set up that second pace. Yeah. And I just love what's happening there. And I think Wade Allison is learning to play with them mm-hmm. much better. And you saw him like get a little bit more involved in this game, you know, as far as connecting between the three of them a little bit better.
1: Yeah, like Allison is is a very good complimentary guy for these guys and, and it's and it's working out well. And yeah, it's it, it is a positive because this is probably not a line we would have said would have happened because we probably wouldn't have put Hayes this far down the lineup, but it's working.
0: Yeah, it's um, you know it, it's a good thing I think you know for all three of them. Mm-hmm. I think Hayes getting back on the scoreboard a little bit more, you know, looking like he was earlier in the season. Lawton continuing to have a great season, and, and Wade Allison uh, being part of that mix as well. We have a lot more to talk about with this game. Uh, as well as maybe some potential New Jersey's next year. So we're going to get to that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by bet online betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting information stats news and analysis you can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there you've got the football playoffs basketball soccer esports and of course the nhl they've got it all at betonline.net and if you love sports podcasts like ours you can find those at BetOnline as well we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where the game starts. Russ, continuing our conversation about last night's game and. Uh, I think the Rasmus Ristolainen of it all Mm -hmm. has to be, you know, other than Kevin Hayes, the biggest highlight, you know, him finally getting on the board for the season and and a shorthanded goal to boot. I think it was so nice and such a good reward for his hard work and really molding himself to be a much stronger defenseman than he has been in the
1: past. Yeah, I think, again, he's he's doing exactly what the team wants him to do. He's been executing for a while now. Now the snarl has come back. He gets a goal here, which is fantastic. And you could tell by the way he scored it, like it was like, yeah, okay. Now things are starting to roll the right way for me. It it was really nice to see. He's a good guy and he's a really good team guy here. Yeah. And, and it was a really pretty shot too. Yeah, it was actually as you know, he has it in him but he's not going to, you know, try and do that all the time, but this was an opportunity. And look, it was, it was better than Maxime Comtois' break. We'll say that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. The Flyers are so lucky that the Ducks are terrible. I think they were playing a little fast and loose for portions of the game. I think it was partially because they were tired, but I think that, Uh, against a much better team they would have had some trouble during portions of this game yeah
1: yeah no doubt but I mean again a win is a win is a win and there's certainly positives to cite here and you know I again I just wish it had really could have been a nice celebration here but I guess that's just wasn't in the cards
0: right Oh, also a really nice goal from Morgan yes uh, Lest we forget, you know, between the legs and up and over. Yeah, this
1: time doing it in the right zone.
0: <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. So
1: that's that's a positive as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, ultimately this is a, a really good effort. Uh, I think that there's going to be an extra narrative now attached to this game. And, you know, that's not fair to everybody, but it's just the way it's going to be.
0: I just feel so bad for kevin hayes it's it should be his night and it's not but uh we'll see what the fallout of that is uh, in future days and, and we'll talk about it on tomorrow's show in the meantime uh over at Iesthetics, uh they are the go-to source for new jersey information they had retweeted a post about the flyers potentially having new home and away jerseys next season um but they had a source confirming that it wouldn't affect the logo but it's going to be a different design than what we've seen with the reverse retros
1: yeah um it's interesting because about a week ago somebody had said to me that um they were kind of getting tired of like too much orange. And so I kind of wonder now, and, and again, I'm, I was surprised to hear that from a Flyers fan. So I do kind of wonder now, are they going to tone down the orange? Do we, do we have any idea of that yet? We
0: don't, that that's really the only information we had on it that, you know, they're not going to mess with the logo. And it's not going to look like the reverse retros, but you know, I can see them going back to more of that black style Jersey from the nineties. Um, I personally like the orange. I think that uh, of the teams in the league that have orange in their colors, I think the Flyers do it best. Uh, the Ducks' orange is not nice. I think the Oilers' orange looks terrible because it's with a weird blue. Right. Their blue is an Islander. You know
1: it. that's the problem. Yeah. But I, I yeah. listen. I've always thought the Flyers' orange is good. Obviously, being a Met yeah. fan, I certainly like orange and done in the right way. I think it looks good. I I personally would not like to see them stray too far away from that. But I do kind of wonder now if this is where in the 21st century they're going to kind of go. I don't know that. I mean, I have no idea.
0: Yeah, it's it's hard, I think, to redesign the Flyers jersey. I think it's just been so classic that every time you try and mess with it, even a little bit, yeah. uh, that it gets away from them somehow. So if somebody can pull it off, like more power to them, I just think it's a rough jersey to try and do anything vastly different with because we all remember that stupid chrome logo and that was a disaster. So uh we don't want to go there. But if they went back to the black one or something along those lines, I think a lot of people
1: will like it. Yeah, I agree. I think that would work
0: all right uh we have some mailbag questions to answer on today's show Uh, we'll get to a couple of them now and a bunch more in the next segment but uh the first one from louie is about some prospects uh, going forward, what do you see the development plans being for our top prospects such as Gauthier, Brank, Denoyer, and Forrester? and what do you see their ceilings being? Well,
1: Gauthier is, you know, has a ceiling to be a top-line player. I think uh, he should go back to BC for another year. I've cited the reasons, really, because playing center, I think, uh, under a John Tortorella system, you're really going to have to be completely solid at both ends, and I, I just I just feel like he he's gonna want to wait a year on that just to for his own sake for the right development of it i just think it it makes the most sense uh denoye is going to be a guy that uh has a lot of tools and we're always going to cite that he's a great skater and everything but he is really going to have to um round out his game and you know, to round, it, give him the best chance to round out his game, I think he's going to have to have another year with the Phantoms for sure. Uh, Brink clearly needs the rest of this season to
0: definitely to get
1: where you say, okay, I forget he even has a hip injury. So I think that's pretty obvious. Then bring him into camp. I, You know, I, I would hope the Flyers would have a good enough team that he wouldn't have to start or have the pressure to start. The year in camp with the team, so that hey, if he plays like six, seven games in the A and and he's ripping it up, then you could always bring him up. I just feel like let him get this development, and he's missed development time here. And while it may not show at the beginning, it always does rear its head, even at some point in a guy's career. It could be late in the season, you know. So I just don't want to see him hit the wall. So I think. Uh, they have to be careful about. and Forrester, look, let him have a great summer. i I think he needs to just finish out the year in Lehigh. Hopefully he you know he's their best player by the end of the year. He's close. Uh, let him have a great summer of training, and then we'll kind of see where he's at. Again, he's only gonna be twenty one going into next season. So if he starts out in the AHL, it's no big deal. Like there are teams like the Red Wings and other teams that let guys play two, three years in the AHL. So don't get caught up with, you know, and hung up on that.
0: Yeah, I think you're right there. And of Brink, Denoyer and Forrester, I'm not saying they would all come up at the same time, but uh, just from a numbers perspective, like not all of them can be third liners. Correct. So I think, you know, I would hope at least one of them could be a solid second-liner, if not a fill-in first-liner, and I'm looking at you, Tyson Forster, um, and as far as that potential, but um, I think that given Denoyer's size, I don't think he'll get beyond a third line. He could maybe stretch to second line uh in the flyers organization i think other teams might give them a shot (laughs) at a a higher level yeah knowing the flyers i i don't think so so i think that's really going to be the issue is like when do those three hit and at what level would they be at on the team will depend on like their chances
1: yeah i think that's that's exactly right
0: Uh, The next question, uh, this is now kind of loaded, but from a YouTube user, Scarface615, should the Flyers be looking to move players like Braun Proveroff, JVR, Couturier, and Hayes in an attempt to get numerous draft picks in this year's draft
1: class? Okay. I mean, while this is a good draft class, this isn't like a 2003 draft class, right? So if the and I talked about this on on SiriusXM, if Proveroff does get moved, let's say because Vancouver is so anxious to make a deal and you can't pass up the deal because it's so good, my issue is you're still going to need players. You can't make it all draft picks and, and prospects. So one of these deals has to be sort of like a hockey deal, and I would make that with Proveroff because he's your most marketable asset of any of the other guys, the rest of the guys. Yeah. You're going to get picks and you get the best picks that you can for them. And you hope that some of them are in this draft with Braun. It probably won't be in this draft with JVR. It will be, but if it's in this draft, it might be a third instead of a second in next year's draft. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be some little dividing lines like that. And you just, you take what you can get with that and you move on. Um, I don't think anybody's taking Kevin Hayes. So, no. we'll just move on from that and sean couturier nobody would trade for him we don't even know if he's playing this no. year so it's kind of a moot point
0: yeah i think provrov is the question mark here i think they're going to try and move braun yeah. and jvr for sure um you know along with maybe sealer and and a couple of the other expiring contracts but
1: they won't move nick um, sealer uh, i'm telling you, i'm going to make the prediction right now <laughs> they
0: well they might try i don't think they're going to try
1: I think the coach and the GM would be at odds about that. And I'm not just saying it to be a jerk. I just, that's my gut feeling.
0: All right. Well, uh, stay tuned. (laughs) We'll see if your prediction comes true and uh, stay tuned for more mailbag questions coming up next. All right. We have a good question from Mario. Uh, When did broadcasters start only mentioning the line combinations at the start of the game? And you have to read them at the top of the screen Uh, gene hart did it right when he did his simulcast and mentioning it more often uh and when did broadcasters stop saying who was out on the ice at the time of a face-off
1: wow um yeah i didn't get to hear gene hart i you know i moved to this area a little late it was in like the uh mid to late 90s so wasn't watching, didn't have the, ch- the station, whatever, and radio wise, was too busy working. So, if I go back to what a you know a New York broadcast was or, an, a national broadcast, you know what they I think the first time that I I remember seeing them do this, um, was at All Star Games. So I want to say somebody like NBC did this for All Star Games, but they maybe not every team was doing it for all games. That's my best recollection. I wish I'd give a better answer, but I just, I can't single it out in my mind.
0: The the answer is sort of in the question, because when you have a simulcast, you have to describe things for radio listeners. And so that's why you heard the names mentioned more often, whereas now they're depending on, you know, the visual of TV plus closed captioning, plus everything that's on the screen, plus you have second screen on the internet mm-hmm. where you can like watch the game cast and everything is there for you. So they're trying to do a little bit less handholding with that sort of thing. But there are some times where I would like to hear a little bit more. So I understand where the point of the question is coming. Yeah, from. I get that part. I do. Um, yeah, I think, you know, sometimes you just want to know. Um, I, I think they do a decent job of saying who is taking the face off, you know, especially if somebody uh, gets uh, dinged and has to switch out with somebody, they do a good job of that. But um, yeah, it, it is a delicate balance with the broadcast and, and trying to be engaging, but not um, tell people things that they can most likely see in front of their faces if they're not visually impaired. Yeah, the so.
1: unfortunate part is, I guess, the teams in in today's world that have sort of cut back and are doing the all in one broadcast, the the viewer loses out. And these are some of the finer points. I I feel like they they lose no. out on.
0: Uh, This is another good question. If you are torts, how do you balance keeping these lines consistent because of success and growth versus getting other guys' chances or trying new things?
1: Well, I think they're rapidly coming up against the point that in like two weeks, when they see that they're clearly out of it, I don't think there should be any set lines at that point. I think That's when you really start these developmental lines and looking towards the future. There's going to be a point where John Tortorella has to say, "Okay," even if he doesn't admit it publicly, he doesn't have to. But he has to just say, "Okay, I see what's happening here. So now I've got to see what maybe looks good for next year. And I think that's coming. I think that's very soon.
0: Yeah, I think that's a a fair point. I think that when you are, you know, in a point where you're on a hot streak, and you want to keep that going, you know, of course, you want to keep these lines consistent, and you want to, you know, keep the good vibes going, so to speak, uh, and, and try and win some more games and um, have some positivity around the team. Uh, But yeah i think you know if they if they start losing a little bit more or if um you know post trade deadline you want to try some other stuff out i think that that is definitely the way to go uh we've got one more question here uh florida has been having a rough season do you think there's a shot that that 2024 first rounder will push to
1: 2025. uh I don't know what the exact the terms are. What's
0: It's a top 10 protected pick. Okay.
1: I So I don't think they're going to be in the top 10. I they could, but my sense is they probably won't be. So I I don't think that's going to happen.
0: Yeah, I think we'll see what they do in this next off season and that'll kind of determine what next year will look like for right. them and we'll know kind of what the chances are then. I think it's it's almost too soon to yeah. start. Thinking. Yeah, because I'm trying to that. think what
1: they'll look like next year too. But I still think they're in a win now mode next year. So it all depends on how much cap space they have. There's a lot of variables. All right, that will do
0: it for today's show. Uh, we will be back tomorrow. Of course, we're going to preview the game against the Blackhawks. We're going to talk about a prospect that Russ saw recently in person, Will Smith. And uh, we will also be continuing to talk about the fallout from this Ivan Provorov situation. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So if you want your question answered on the show, you can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail. You can tweet us at LockdownFlyers or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R-Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
1: I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
0: Have a great day, everyone.